imagine a world in which PTSD no longer robs for millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true. I just didn't feel like I wanted to open up to anybody or tell them what I was going through. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't wanna, I, I can't, I don't wanna live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The hospital I went to and the experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I wanted so desperately to be a good mother and get my life back, so I found Life After PTSD and I started driving and listen. I called my boyfriend and said, hello, I've got something you need to listen to. This is Life After PTSD. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. My name is Jeff McLaughlin and I am the host of this show and doing this from Orlando, Florida, but I have guests from Ontario. They're regular guests and I, I love these guys. Alan and Tara Canerva, I want you guys to say hey to everybody because you are live. Hey. Hey to you, Jeff. Hey to all the listeners. So Alan, I know it's not the Great White North right now. It's uh, it's probably just as hot there as it is here, is it not? Hotter. Hotter. Is yeah. it? Hotter. <laughs> You probably you probably have us beat on the number, but I bet the humidity we might have you we might have you beat on that one here. I feel like I really? walk outside I and I just condense. <laughs> I have some big hair to say otherwise. Okay, all right. I'll tell you what. I will leave it. We'll call right it. A, can we just call it a draw? You know, let's not yeah, let's right. not turn all this right. into a USA Canada thing as always. Let's just we need to. You know, we That's love always. you guys. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Today, um, very interesting topic. You know, for so often uh, we are talking about the many faces of PTSD on on this show. And we have um, we've not nearly exhausted what those faces are, but we have talked about so many already. And today we're going to talk about yet another face of PTSD. We, we often do that on this show and we talk about just I mean, we've been on so many already, but this is definitely a, a brand new one for us. And that's um, traumas that are related to car accidents. And you guys work with that, um, not exclusively, of course, but it's one of the big things that you do in your practice. And so I would just love to know how you got into that. And let's just, let's engage a conversation as to, as to what happens there, because I, I don't even want to know how many people out there are listening. They're affected by traumas related to car accidents and uh, still have not gotten those things cleared and probably live that every time they get behind a wheel. So start with uh, how did you get into that world? And, um, you know, how did that become a passion for you? It, it's uh, funny how things evolve, Jeff. You know, when you, when you get known for your ability to help people get over really negative emotional states, including post-trauma stress, um, things unfold. So, you know, Tara's world started with birth trauma in my world or helping women have natural births. And my world was always focused on people with PTSD. But as, you know, people have car accidents and, and they certainly have physical traumas and then they have emotional traumas from it. And that emotional trauma could be layered and layered and layered. It could be the trauma of the accident. It could be the trauma of some of the diagnosis that follows in the rehab. It could be uh, trauma from some loss of lifestyle or loss of earning potential. So, so the traumas come out and they're layered and layered. So in, in Otara and I see hundreds of people every year and car accidents happen every year. And we just, we just got a reputation of helping people get unstuck who for all intents and purposes, their physical healing was done. They should have been back to normal, but their life wasn't back. They were just suffering. 
right? And, and so, you know, Tara and I, and I remember Jeff at our at our grand opening a couple of years ago, we uh, we were doing a grand opening and we had a trauma expert there and we had a paramedic, Shane Dabrowski speak. And in the audience was a young lady um, in her early thirties and Tara will talk about her. But, uh, you know, we were talking to what we thought was a more military police oriented crowd. And, and then here comes this uh, young woman who had had a very severe car accident. And, and based on that car accident, her life became unraveled. The, this woman that, um, that I was referring to is interesting because it was about 10 years after the accident that she came to us. And I started working with her. And it, it wasn't even specific to the PTSD initially. She didn't think it was anyway. <laughs> she was coming because she knew she had some trauma throughout her life. And she had had many incidents where she was dealing with traumatic things. But this one ended up being the one that really stood out, which was fascinating to her because she had assumed that it must be, you know, so she went through some, I think she was assaulted and, and there was a number of things um, and at the end of the day, the, the car accident was actually keeping her stuck in a way where she was debilitated. She wasn't able to work, um, functionally. She was, you know, sort of helping out her, her family, but she wasn't able to actually hold down a steady job. She had actually lost, um, custody of some of her children. Um, she was unable to sustain relationships in any uh, meaningful way. Like it just, it affected so many areas of her life. And she had sort of assumed it was because of all of these, um, you know, bad choices she had made that created a lifestyle. When in fact, what happened was we identified the PTSD from the car accident. And so, um, Alan actually came in and did that particular, uh, piece of the work. And so, after clearing that trauma, so being able to work with us in one session, we cleared that trauma. And she went from, she's quite, um, it was a very severe accident she had. I can't remember how many surgeries, but they had to rebuild much of her, her body. Um, and so she didn't walk particularly well. And when she came in the next time after doing that trauma session with Alan and came back into her sessions with me where we were doing further healing uh, she was walking different. She was actually straighter in her, her walk. And she looked like, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, she looked like a different person. She just, she, she held herself and she was, you know, her expressions and everything were just so different. And she was mind blown. I mean, she just couldn't believe how different life was just in this short period, you know, three or four days since doing that. And the, we, you know, we can talk about her now. She's, uh, I guess three, two years now since I finished working with her. And since then she has reconnected with her children. She has moved out of her mother's house just recently. She has her own house. Uh, she decided to go back to school and she is now full-time enrolled in a program where she's going to be able to help other people. She's doing uh, child welfare or something like that. Um, and she's in a relationship and she bought a cottage. Like she's just her life has come back and she would not have guessed in a million years that it was because of the PTSD from the car accident. And so she is just such a good example of how this stuff can really, really, um, you know, sometimes you're very conscious of the effect of it, but other times you don't even realize that something like that, the effect it can have on your life. And she had actually been institutionalized. Um, to uh, She's, done two and a half residential programs at a local institution for the trauma, 20 weeks in total. And, and it still wasn't resolved. And the work Tara did uh, completely turned her life. She was just in the office the other day, sort of coming in to say hi, as she finishes her first year of college. And 
you know, and goes into her summer work placement. It's quite beautiful to see, mm-hmm. quite inspiring for us. Transformative. Well, so, yeah. so we, there were a couple of things in there that I heard that I, I just want to, I want to break down a little bit further for the good of the, um, the audience. You know, somebody listening uh, hears the story and says, okay, here you have a person that thinks it's some, you know, some um, other events that are not the, the car accident that were causing some of the, you know, issues that she was dealing with. But you guys then identified that it was the car accident. So, Alan, mm-hmm. let's start there and break that down. How did you do that? What does that look like? You know, how did, how does, uh, how did that pan out for you? I'm just going to jump in real quick because for her, we actually noticed um, a physical reaction with her. It was she, she was going through a number. Like I said, she had lived a, a tough life. She'd made a lot of decisions that didn't support where she needed to be in life. Sure. And she talked about those, you know, those as being incredibly difficult. She assumed because she had been told by so many therapists that that were that, you know, that those were the problems. Um, she had dealt with, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. Um, what we know, or what I noticed right away was when she talked about this car accident, everything changed, you know, her physio, her physiology changed. So she, um, you know, her eyes started to move differently. Her, her skin actually, you know, she went a little ashen, a little white when she was talking about that. Um, and it was just completely different in some way, different enough for us to notice and say, okay, something's going on here. That This is a different reaction for her neurologically and physiologically than all of the other stuff she's, she's uh, talked about. And she just kind of skipped over it. You know, she skipped over it as this event. Yeah, there was this car accident. I had to be in the hospital. for And so it was that, that, um, and you know, when we said, have you dealt with that one? Have you talked to the therapist and all the, you know, endless work you've done? Have you dealt with that? And she said, well, no, that was just an accident, right? The other things were these big life decisions. And so um, that's that's how we picked up on it initially. And, and you've worked with you've worked with me on the road, Jeff. You know that when we're having conversations, we're using sensory acuity and calibration skills to find those events. And we get on them pretty fast. And and <clears throat> um, I'll use the word tenacious. Tara is tenacious when she sees that physiological shift, she knows that there's there's something in there and we go for it, right? We go hard. And uh, and we also know, you know, you were there when I worked with, with Craig and we, there was the military trauma in 1990, but then at the end of the day, there was a trauma when he was a kid. Yep. And uh, so many, I, I, I'm going to say, I'll go right out on the limb. I'll say, um, having spent enough time with somebody, I'll find a, a significant emotional event, an adverse childhood event that's still open. That memory is unresolved in every adult with trauma if we spend enough time together. And so, you know, we say in the, in the clinic that the, uh, if the client can say it, that ain't it. So, you know, this young woman was saying that here was a problem and Tara would dealt with the problem, but she also knew there was probably something else. And uh, we're, we're very attentive to it. So yeah, yeah. it's a difference that makes a difference. And, and I just want to mention, she, you know, we worked through all the other stuff as well, right? There, were, there was a lot of stuff there that we had to deal with him and, and we dealt with that um, as well. We just didn't have to, it didn't have the same, life-changing effect that the, the car accident PTSD did. All right. Some of the other, some of the other things we deal with, we can't get to until we clear the trauma. So again, Craig couldn't have cleared his sadness until he cleared those traumas. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So um, if somebody's out there, they're hearing this and they're going, wait a second, I've, I had a car accident and something changed in me. I'm, I'm in a funk or something, whether that's a regular funk or from time to time I have this reaction or whatever, like how could you coach somebody right now to maybe even start some self-diagnosis. Is that even possible? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything that um, people are very good at coping with things, right? I mean, we live in a world where people are tend to be really good at managing anyway, <laughs> you know, like they sort of feel what they feel, but they go through their life and they get, we live in a world that is full of distraction, right? I mean, it is not difficult today to kind of have something that may be major, you know, really, really major. And yet, you know, through our phones and our, you know, busy lives and all that kind of stuff, you're quite easily able to, uh, to, to not really be dealing with it. And so I would say that if there has been something in your life that, um, that you're uncertain about, that you can't with certainty say, you know what, I experienced this really, you know, this really difficult thing, whatever it is, and I worked through it, and it feels absolutely resolved. If you can't say that, then you probably, it would be worthwhile to take a look at it and just to ask yourself the question, how might this affect me? If this was affecting my life, how might it be affecting you? And if you just took five minutes and wrote down some as if ideas of, you know, I don't know, it might be affecting me this way or this way. And you're going to get a sense whether or not those feel as though they resonate or not. And for the most part, again, I think it's that sense of resolution as opposed to, you know, you might hear somebody say, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't bother me anymore. That is not a, a particularly convincing way <laughs> yeah, to yeah. feel feel clean on something. Yeah. It's but when somebody says, you know what, that is really resolved for me. Okay, it probably is. And so, so just I mean, as, you know, at a really, really high level, that's probably one way to. Tar, translate that. I, when somebody I, makes that comment, um, they say, you know, that doesn't that doesn't bother me anymore, or something like that. What are they? What are they really? Is that a is that a statement of resignation? You know, I just, I'm not going to get better. So it is what it is. I mean, what are they, what are they really saying? This, this is an audio podcast. So we, I, the, the viewers can't see my hand, but I remember the first live demo I did on trauma and I was trying to select the uh, volunteer from the audience. And there was one woman who said, I have a minor uh, car accident. And she, she took her hand, she extended it out in front of her and she swept it to her right. And she said, but I'm done with it. She sort of put it over on a uh, shelf. There you go. Yeah. That, that was that was the volunteer who came to the front of the room. <laughs> yeah, we believe you. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get to put our stuff on shelves. Okay. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work that way. Well, to resolve it. Alan, I love, this is part of why I love like the, the NLP world and working with these sorts of traumas is because you guys go in with this mindset that's of what is possible, right? On the other side of this mm -hmm. is somebody will play ball, right? They're going to get healed. They're going to get their life back and everything. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like in the, in the traditional counseling world, so often what happens even with traumas is there's a lot of listening that goes on and a lot of just, all right, we're going to yeah. respect where you are and, you know, gently navigate you through this, uh, really not even through the trauma, but to a, you know, a normal that you're okay with or something like that. You guys are, you guys to me do far more of the, the, the coaching effect. You have a desired result, right? You're in this thing to well, win well, this thing, right? And we stay really, really present. I mean, I think that's one of the, the big differences is that we don't, we don't, we're not interested in the story that someone has created around the event, you know, that is uh, created by all the ideas and, and everything else that they've sort of crafted un unconsciously or consciously. But instead we stay really, really present to where are you right now? So the way that you describe how it has been is not nearly as important as today. As you think about that thing right now, today, 
how do you do that and what's happening and, and what are the beliefs you have around it? So what is it that you believe about that car accident? Right. right. And you're going to get a, like a present statement as opposed to if somebody, if you were to, you know, ask the question, tell me about how you feel about that car accident or something, you're going to get a story, right? They're going to tell you about like what happened and all the things they've done. Whereas the, the question right now, what do you believe about that car accident? You're far more likely to get uh, an insight there on how it's impacting them today without the story so much. And so we're always sort of cutting away the story and getting to, it, it doesn't really matter what happened up to this point. What matters is today, as you go into the rest of your life and you move forward, is this something that has created a set of beliefs that serves you or, or doesn't serve you. And if, if there's anything there that's making life difficult for you, that's what we want to work out. Yeah. Let's get it we, clear. We get so clear about this. We get so clear about this, Jeff. We don't ask why questions. We ask, how do you do your problem? What, what are you doing when you do your problem? And when we believe people do their problems, they don't have problems. When you go in that mindset and you say it in your own unique way, you say we go in with the mindset of possibilities and we do. We really, really do. Well, and, and it's a confidence you know, though, it, it, Alan. You know what's possible. That's that's when I say it. it's that confidence of knowing, having done this over and over again. You know, it's it's. I think everybody thinks that their trauma is like unique, and it is in that it's a unique narrative. Yeah. Okay, but it's not unique in that they're not they're not the first person that's ever walked through something like this. And it's not you guys being insensitive. It's, hey, rather than sit here and have a pity party, wouldn't you like to do life without the the need for one in, at, at all? Right. I, I mean, yeah. that to me, that's like the most helpful healing that you could ask for. Yeah. I always say to my clients, you know, what, you, what you've got to understand, you know, and, and really accept in order to get the best results from this work is that there is nothing about you that is different or um uh unusual or unique in any way while at the very same time every single thing about <laughs> what you're experiencing is absolutely unique yes. and absolutely special and absolutely different and that's where you need to let us hold that duality because you want the same things every you if you are a human being you want the same things you want to be loved and you want to feel good and you want to be able to feel joy and happiness and success and significance and certainty like that's what you want you know the way you get there that that's a whole different thing <laughs> but um it's it's always really important to us to make sure that we get rid of right away the idea that you know my problem is more complex or my my trauma this you know this accident or the, the you know whatever story they've created is um too difficult or too complex and so, yeah. Yeah. And if I could just say this, it's, it's, I want people to feel special and I know that you do too. We, we just don't want you to yeah. feel special because of your trauma. Let's, let's celebrate That's right. the good things about you, right? Not, not the thing yeah. that happened to you. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. Well, let's, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Let's reset yeah. some things. Let's take a break real quick. This is a great subject. We've got more where that came from and uh, we're going to get to that after the break. And so, um, you know, if you're out there listening, stick with us. We've got some great things to come here as we finish out the episode and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. 
it's that easy. So here we are coming back and a great conversation with Alan and Tara Kinerva and talking about the idea of traumas that relate to auto accidents and just fascinating pieces on the, the front end of this episode. And I want to continue that uh, conversation. Guys, tell me another story. I know that you got more. So tell me another unique story and let's just continue to talk about the possibilities. That's the bread and butter of what we do on Life After PTSD. Just tell stories to inspire people that there is more available to them, that they can decide their own new normal and, and that sort of thing. So talk to me. What's a good one? I like to talk about my uh, client. He was in his 60s. He's in his late 60s now. He came to us. He was referred to us from a friend who is a, uh, a registered physiotherapist. And uh, after his accident, he was severely injured um, when a car came through a wall of an office building and, and struck him. It uh, bruised his heart severely. It broke his back in two places, and he was in a coma for almost four weeks. Hang on, we're talking about a car accident, and he wasn't even in a car. <laughs> no, right? I mean, that's a most unusual situation, right there. Holy cow! Yeah. Okay, continue. <laughs> and, and and he was a you know he was a vice president of sales for a company. He when he woke up, they told him he probably wouldn't live. And uh, and then after that, you know, he, he proved them wrong. He lived. Then they told him he probably never walk again. And he proved them wrong. And and he was. But he lost his income and he lost a big chunk of his lifestyle. And when I met him, he was quite, uh, the reason our friends sent him to us is that he was quite assertive and, and, and almost demanding that he had a right to further heal. And he was frustrated. This is a guy who hired a personal trainer, would go to the gym two hours a day, you know, winter or summer in Canada, walk for up to 10 kilometers a day to get his mobility back in his mid-60s. And uh, when I met him, he had chronic pain, massive chronic pain throughout his body. He said that on an average day, he was between six and eight out of 10. But I know that when you've been injured so bad, that six or eight out of 10 is probably somebody else's 11. Agreed. Um, agreed. And, and so he was on some pretty uh, strong pain medication. And so we, again, we cleared that as layers and layers of trauma, but we also cleared all the negative emotions that a person might carry in their life, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, and then any complex equivalents of those, rage, uh, shame. And then we went after the trauma. And any beliefs, when somebody's traumatized, they also create a constellation of beliefs about the world after the event. You know, if somebody was traumatized in a park at night, they might get, start to believe that it's not good to be out at night. It's, parks are dangerous. They'll come up with a bunch of beliefs not all those beliefs don't always clear instantaneously when you clear the trauma. So with this client, we, I, I cleared the trauma of the actual event, you know, waking up in the hospital, um, the loss of his job, the loss of his lifestyle, and then, you know, actually working on him, accepting his lot in life. And when I met him as again, his, we set really clear goals when we work with clients and our goals are evidence-based so that when we're finished working with them, how will they be behaving that they're not behaving when we first meet them? And for him, he wanted to be off his pain meds, and he was on some serious pain meds. You know, and I can't make a recommendation for a client to leave their pain meds, so they have to work with their uh, physicians or their specialists and keep getting re-diagnosed and have their pain assessed, and then they can get weaned off their meds. And because his pain was so high, he was also on sleep medication. And uh, by the end of his course of, of work with us, 
he got down his uh, average pain on any given day was 0.5, from six to eight to 0.5. His pain medication went down to nothing. He took sleep meds sometimes, and his A1Cs, he had become a diabetic after the accident, and uh, he wanted to get what are called A1Cs, the, the test for diabetes. He wanted to get it under six. At the end of the treatment, because he could exercise more and had got his diet in line and a whole bunch of other things happened, his A1Cs were under six, but he had desperately wanted to travel. But when I met him, he could not travel. Mentally, he could not travel. And uh, on April 5th, he got on an airplane and went to England for two weeks to visit relatives. Nice. So, you know, it's that kind of thing that make it easy to go to work every day. Yeah, that's a bit rewarding, isn't it? <laughs> so, Alan, you, you talk about these beliefs about, you know, the, you, in his case, the parks and going out at night and so on and so forth. What's the neurology behind that? What's the brain? Tra- Why does the brain do what it does in situations like that? He didn't he didn't ask to do that. There's no part of him that just said, you know, what, I need to, you know, that just it just happened for him. Right. As a result. So. T- yeah. Tell me, tell me why that happens, and you know, uh, in people when they go through these sorts of things. Well, you know, trauma trauma impacts the brain uniquely, and it, it allows us to to make sure we're never traumatized again to the best of its ability, and, and therefore to be hyper vigilant of anything that might traumatize us or negatively impact us has to make some decisions. You have to create some beliefs, right, that'll keep you safe, and, and at, at, at its extreme. We find people like uh, you and my buddy Kyle, who just no longer goes out because it's not safe to go out. If I go out, I sit with my back to the wall at the back in the dark corner. And that's a belief that comes from his trauma. He didn't believe that when he came out of the womb. He didn't believe that as a three-year-old playing, you know, that. And so we, and, and every constellation of beliefs around every trauma will be unique. And you have to explore them. Sometimes. You have to, get, you have, Tara and I have techniques for, for uncovering them, and then you have to explore them. Hey, you'll appreciate this, Alan, in, in terms of those beliefs and everything. I had somebody call my uh, call my number today. Um, I was working with a couple this morning that I've only had for a, a, a few sessions, and we did a, um, a limiting decision uh, protocol with them. And, uh, you know, essentially, that, that's, that's the one to me that just starts with that question of when did you decide that? You know, it's some kind of decision mm-hmm. or belief. When did you decide that or whatever? I made something, I made some kind of reference in passing today. We were in a lighthearted conversation, and I think it was something to do with, um, with coffee, or whatever girl looks at me and she's like when did you decide that? <laughs> and i was like are you <laughs> kidding you me that? oh my gosh i'm like listen <laughs> don't i'm like don't get attitude with me i don't need this but you know and i didn't catch it at first but she said yeah but you weren't born that way. and then she finally started getting into these questions and i'm going man i, I it, it yeah. showed me how powerful that is of a question and when somebody has gone through that and has gotten cleared of one of those decisions or beliefs um you know like they're in tune man they're yeah. in tune when others are doing it aren't they it's very powerful yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's. Can I just I, add one more thing here, Jeff? Yeah, sure. Just, just real, real quick. Right now, we're at the end here, but um, uh-huh. I've worked with some people. Um, one in particular, I'm thinking of where they were at cause for the accident, and I think that it's really, really important. You know, for for every accident, there tends to be someone who is was the cause of that. Of right? course, yeah. And um, it's one thing to be, you know, a, a victim of an accident, but there there is some pretty heavy stuff going on. I'm working with someone who um, caused an accident, a pretty severe accident. And what goes along with that, I think very, very often is this sense that they don't deserve to be able to get over the trauma, right? Oh. That there, there's some sort of what we call secondary gain. You know, they, they haven't been able to reconcile the fact, and this is a lot of, you know, whatever, I've sort of dealt with that, you know, and they put it to rest, but it's eating at them, that this sense 
sense of they won't even give themselves the permission to be able to let go of it because it's their way of sort of penance, right? And that's really, really an important element of working with anyone who's been in an accident because almost always, almost always, I mean, there's some sense of responsibility that if you'd done things different, it wouldn't be so. And certainly if you hurt anyone else beyond yourself, even it can be even worse. And so I think the first step, you know, this woman that I was recently working with, we had a clear guilt, you know, we had to get through the reframing of you, you, you know, yeah, you made a mistake, you did, but you know, you, you don't have to continue to live this mistake and you deserve to, to let yourself off the hook for this trauma and you can go forward in your life. And there's a million different ways that you can make a positive impact if you want to, if you're committed to, you know, helping other people's not, you know, make that mistake, whatever, that you deserve to be able to clear the guilt and everything that you have hung up around this accident. And then she was able to let go of the trauma. But had we gone after the trauma before she had worked through that process, she likely wouldn't have been able to do it, right? So, so I think it's just another, you know, if, there, if I can send a message out there to just, you know, if you've been in an accident, it doesn't matter whether or not you caused it or you were the victim of it. Either way, find the help to get through the, the traumatic part of it. I know that there may be some work to get there, but it's so worth it so that you can actually go out and, and have a positive impact. It's been our experience, and it's been our experience every time we go on the road, is when you clear those traumas. So, you know, Tara had to make the opening, had to open the door for the woman to clear a trauma. And then... You know, we we spend a lot of time reorienting our trauma clients to the positive of their life. We do a lot of work helping them reconnect the neurological pathways to the beauty and the positivity in their life. And then and only then start setting their course for the future. Clearing trauma is one thing. You know, the person's relieved. They're happy. Helping them get set up for tomorrow is, is a big part of the work, too. And they can't do that while they're carrying the trauma. I'm such a big fan of that because even when people have made mistakes and we all make them, you know, even severe mm-hmm. ones and everything, like what good is it to live out your life, the rest of your life, just in that, that guilt yeah. and that, that shame and everything. When you, I, I love the way right. that you put it, it was so beautiful, Tara, you talked about, you know, finding sort of that new purpose and, and bringing, you know, beauty and dimension to the world, bringing what you can, mm-hmm. you know, to the world. I think the world would benefit much more greatly from that person than they would the person, that's the person right. that's in self-loathing and, you know, feeling guilty that's the rest right. of their life. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. great word. Such yeah. a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Well guys, that's a great, um, let's cap that one. That's a great, a great episode there. Just, um, a, certainly another face of PTSD that we've not yet explored before. I'm I'm always amazed. Um, every time I feel like I, I, you know, I've got the list and it's sort of conclusive or it's it's finalized and everything. We add one more that I'm going, wow, how did I miss that one? And this is one of those for sure. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Thanks for sharing. Um, if you're out there and you're listening. We would love to have you connect with us on social media. You connect with Alan and Tara, of course, at inspiredoutcomes.ca. But with us, you can reach us on Heal Your PTSD on Twitter and Life After PTSD Media on YouTube and Instagram. As always, click subscribe on whatever client you're using to download the podcast. We drop episodes every single week, and we don't want you to miss out because the stories get better and better and better, as do the topics. And we appreciate, um, again, Alan Tara, Tara, thanks for joining us today. We will catch everybody next week. We're so grateful that you listened to the show today. Now imagine a new normal you get to decide with all its possibilities once you are free of PTSD, because that is what is possible. You're here, which means you're ready, but listening alone will not heal you or those you know who are suffering. Join us on the mission to eradicate PTSD by reaching out to lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca, or by sharing this message of hope with someone you know.